Hey everyone, thanks for tuning back in to the Bottega Podcast. Today Welcome. we're going to... Yes. <laughs> I hate when we speak over each other in the intro. It always happens. That's fine. It's a little bit noisy today. We've got a bit of construction happening outside, but... Um, Grant will work his magic and he'll EQ it out. And if not, then you'll just hear a little construction noise in the background. Yeah. But yeah, today we're kind of like, we have zero plan. Like we have a plan. Well, we have a plan. It's just there's like a plan. There's, there's no like Google document with specific notes but we're (laughs) we're both kind of close to i guess setting off on a on an adventure on an adventure you is a little yours is a little more adventurous than mine a little more adventurous um which makes yours a little bit more interesting oh whatever it's all the same we're both heading off on tour in a few weeks and then on the back of my tour uh, we will be basing ourselves in LA. The Royal We. The what? Nah, you and your fam. Oh yeah, not me and Cobes. It's uh, myself, my wife and my two kids. So yeah, we'll be basing ourselves in LA. So we thought we'd kind of just give you a a rundown or I guess we both have questions for each other yeah. in terms of like what we're heading into. And once and we- again, we've saved them for the podcast <laughs> so that we can share them with you guys. And so we thought it would just be cool just to kind of like, um, I guess follow each other's journey along that. You got a pretty big tour coming up. Yeah. For me, it's going to be, uh, you know, I'll be gone for three weeks back for a couple of weeks then gone for quite a while. Like, Mm. I don't know, eight weeks or something, maybe less. I can't remember. I can't remember. So all up, it's like three months. Yeah. About, but that's not, that's nothing in comparison to you moving there semi indefinitely. Yeah. So I I was thinking, I mean, we were chatting um, the other day about it and saying, I feel like, um, the people that are tuning into this podcast would probably find it quite interesting to follow your journey and just to see how see um, how you go with the transition from what you're currently doing here, contracting yeah. in Sydney, doing I mean, anyone that's followed along with this podcast knows uh, all of your endeavors. Yeah. Um, you as an engineer, uh, you as a drummer, and um, you as a, uh, a writer as well. And so... Um, I guess you're going to be taking those skills to uh, the States and seeing how... I get, you're going partly for Glades. You're going to be touring with Glades, but then you're totally. also going to... I'm assuming you're going to be going over there just trying to um, make a way for yourself with those skills. Yeah, 100%. It's Sick. kind of like open-ended. Like there's no... I, I guess the plan... I guess the whole purpose for a reason for moving... Originally, we were like, I've got a few Glades things happening there this year. Mm. We'll kind of like I'll tour. Um, my wife's sister lives in the States. So we'll kind of like, you know, she can stay with them and, and then oh, we'll cool. holiday. Whereabouts? Uh, sh- they live in Pennsylvania. Okay. So it's like an hour and a half west of New York and kind of like two hours north of Philly. Yeah. I've driven there from New York, never from Philly. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're in a, they're, they're over there in Pennsylvania. So the kind of like the plan originally was like my kids aren't in school, let's go, we'll go holiday, I'll tour and then maybe pick up some work while we're kind of there and then just kind of see what happens. And then we just kind of floated the, I, I think we would, my wife and I were just talking and I was like, 
what if we moved? <laughs> and it was kind of like, what? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, why don't we, why don't we just, what if we moved? What if that, what if that was what we we're supposed to do instead of just holiday? Like, what if we kind of picked up and moved, which was kind of scary because I don't know, like my wife in particular is quite a planner. And so she's kind of like, we'll do this, we'll do this. And, th- and then we'll come home and we'll be home around this time of the year. Yeah. And then we'll look for schools and then kind of like, you know, we'd been looking at different places around Sydney, like on the north and south coast and kind of going where do we want to base ourselves and then i kind of threw a big spanner in the works and was just like what if we move to the states and then the discussion was kind of like okay and it it took her a while took her a while again like she's had such a crazy journey like herself in terms of the past year and a half and like me leaving work and going freelance and mm. having two kids and like selling, you know, like selling a house, like this huge change. Dramatic year for you. Yeah. <laughs> to kind of go, which has been awesome in and of itself has been a huge journey. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, even on the podcast, the guys are kind of, people know where we're kind of at. And yeah. so to then throw something else as huge as this, yeah. it's kind of like, we were, we were kind of planning this year will be cool. Like we'll holiday and come back and like, get sorted kind yeah. of thing and then i was like what if we don't <laughs> jeez <laughs> that's so sick though yeah so you're gonna go to la yeah, are you 100 so- percent locked in for la yeah yeah have you already got a place no nah. so i've been looking at places but again we don't know the exact like area we want to live yeah we kind of want to position ourselves in a good spot that's like good studios good mm. vibes yeah good family vibes Good coffee, good food. Okay, just all the good stuff. Everything good yeah. is where we want to be. Cool. <laughs> so and we, the Glades guys are already over there, eh? Well, well they, not, I mean, they... Not today, but they've based themselves over there for a while. Yeah. I, in, in terms of like... So they've always done riding trips to LA. Yeah. So they've kind of like set up camp a little bit there f- to write for the next album and have come like back and forth and we've got tour over there. So they're kind of like basing themselves in LA and then the, the permanency of that is still, I guess, undecided. It's, mm. it's their kind of decision, but they'll be in LA all or America a fair bit this year with tours and work and stuff. So we were kind of like, well, why don't we just position ourselves in a, in a good spot to still be involved in that? Not, not that that was dependent. Like it wasn't like the Glades guys were like, oh, you need to, um, <laughs> Oh going goodness. off I'm over sorry. there mate <laughs> silence it's my wife organizing la stuff <laughs> no but not what selling your other car yeah literally we like Seriously? putting it in for, we oh sold our gosh. car last night and so we're down in one car we've got to put the other car in to fix something and then sell it anyway um yeah not that the glades guys were like oh if you're not in the states like we won't use you like that was never a discussion mm. but we were just kind of like well Let's do it. Let's yeah. put ourselves in a good position yeah. for that to yeah, be Yeah, you love what you're doing them. with them. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. And then kind of just it. going, oh, we feel like something's supposed to happen. And then again, researching different areas. And it was like, LA seems like the place to be. Yeah. And why not give it a crack? Yeah. And we kind of did like, if the worst comes to the, like, what is the worst thing that could happen? And it's a bit of my dad kind of like he's a big like risk management guy like everything is kind of like 
you know, if something comes in, you do, you organize it like this and you analyze it like this. And so I guess that he has rubbed off on me in that regard in terms of going, look, what's the risk management? You know, his yeah. part Is of that what job he says a lot. risk what's management. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, kind of. I feel like you've said that to me a lot as well. Yeah. It's kind of funny to hear that it's come from your dad. That's what I mean. But he's Let's like a big the- risk manager. He's a pilot. So it's all kind of risk okay. management, like in the decision. Yeah. Like making quick decisions. Yeah. And then kind of going, anyway, so. I think it's good, man, because I think uh, so many of us are afraid of the risk, but we actually probably sometimes don't think about how bad that actually could be for us. Yeah. Or, or uh, I guess the opposite of what I'm saying. Um, totally. How insignificant it could actually be, even yeah. if it went bad. Well, Tim Ferriss has this thing, he calls it fear setting. And there's a TED talk on it. It's, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes, but it's awesome. And he kind of, a lot of people do like, say your goal setting mm. and this is what I want to get and achieve, mm. but they quite often don't do the opposite of that. So yeah. it's like, if I, if this is what I want and I go for it, but then the worst happens, how do I get back to where I currently am? Yeah. So that's what we kind of did. We were like, look, if we go to LA, the worst happens, we lose all of our money. What is the worst thing that would happen you know, like, yeah. and so it's like, you kind of prepare yourself for not saying you ever want that to happen, but you're kind of yeah. going, look, if, if it hits the fan, it gives you perspective. hundred percent. You go, like, oh, what's of- at risk here? Yeah. What am I actually stressing about? Is it worth the stress that I'm putting into it? hundred percent. And, and the risk is still large, but it's not like, it's not like anything a lot of people in the world go through. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, we'd come home, be able to crash with our at our parents' place and yep. start again. Yeah. In a, you know, we'd be able to eat. We'd have a ha- We'd have a home. With awesome memories. Yeah. And live a really, really cool adventure. So that was kind of like, and I guess we just felt like LA was the place. Yeah. We'd looked at Nashville and, and New York and we love both of those yep. places. And it's funny, Jazz has never do... been to LA. Oh, wow. Well, she's been elsewhere in the yeah, States. Yeah, we, we spent like a good month in New York and, and she's been like around like Pennsylvania and yeah. stuff, but okay. never to the West Coast. You got to go to Nashville as well. I think you should try to plan. If you guys end up somehow having a gig there or doing something there, mm. you should try to take the fam there because it's a cool city. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's that's the thing. We, we are planning on holidaying yeah, as good. well. So it's like we have friends up in like Seattle area. and Are you going to buy a car? I think we will. Like straight off the bat, or you see how you go for it. I mean, LA's even. I've, LA has a reputation for being tough without a car. I think we're gonna have to. Like, yeah, we we've talked about it. Yeah, a hundred percent, we will. <laughs> yeah, just get- probably after a month because when we get there, I kind of go straight into a Glades tour. Okay, so that's like a full month, mm. and we literally drive the whole way around yeah, America. Right. Like we start in San Fran, we so head you, to New York. Your fam will stay in LA for that. That no, month, they'll, they'll go to Pennsylvania. They'll go to Pennsylvania. So you don't have to rent that month? No. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So that's kind of like how we planned it. So it's like we yeah, won't. It's great. And then after after tour and everything, then we'll head to LA and kind of we'll probably just Airbnb and figure out where we want to live. Yeah. And hopefully that happens quickly and we're not just like Airbnb yeah. Airbnb for a month. When I lived in New York, um, few years ago i had to i struggled to try to rent a place because i don't have a credit rating as an australian yeah that hasn't done anything in america yeah so i think that's something you might want to look into um i think i ended up renting a place through craigslist 
Oh, cool. Yeah, kind of cool. Like, it's a bit sketchy on Craigslist. Like, you can, I don't know, there's, there's some horror stories it's of stuff. Dodge. And the place we got um, was pretty sketchy. I remember uh, when I moved in, there were like a couple of nights where I was just, I spent the whole day and night cleaning this place because it just stank and it was gross. And Jeez. But it was all, like, <laughs> it was pretty much all I could get in that area, in the yeah. area that I wanted to be in. Yeah. Um, I think part of the reason also was uh, in New York, you have to drop so much money up front. It's like more than normal. I don't know if it's like that elsewhere in the States. Like it's more than a like, normal bond. Yeah, I think, again, I'm I'm iffy on the deets, yeah. but I think that um, I'm pretty sure it was like more, a lot more than one month's rent up front. Like yeah. I think it was like closer to six months rent up front. Wow. Yeah. Plus I mean, a massive... I'd be happy um, to do it if it gets us a good place. Yeah, totally. Uh, the I think also there's like a really heavy fee for the um, the finder of the house, like the, uh, the oh, agent. Really? Yeah, but I think this is just New York. Hopefully LA's heaps more sane. Yeah. We've got... Again, we have a lot of friends that are living there. So yeah. it's like we'll kind of hit them. Like yeah, we've yeah, already totally. been... I've already been asking... Um, like DMAC. crash on we DMAC. talked about DMAC before? Yeah. No, yeah. You're going to crash on his couch. Our whole All family. Four of you. <laughs> so good. No, we'll figure it out. It's um, it's yeah. exciting. Oh, yeah. We've got friends that have kind of done it. Totally. Yeah. We uh, we wanted to... DMAC was over. I don't know if we've talked about DMAC on the podcast before. But I don't think so. We, we should interview him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's a really good mate of ours and another drummer. He's drumming for a few guys in the yeah. States. And I was a guy that moved there with his American wife. Yeah. But she's not from LA. So they kind of got settled over there, which is cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. man. So it's, it's exciting. What about you? So you've got this big tour coming up. Oh, man, I don't think we're ready for me yet. I feel like there's so much more I need to know about you. Should we jump between? Okay, or jump between. We- yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm prepping for a tour. Um, a few days from now, I go to the States uh we've got where do you start we fly to new york and we have a tv spot whatever that's called and um we'll be just doing i think one song on a, a morning show and uh so what's that like what's the morning show oh, stuff like dude i've done it a few times and uh we stay in a hotel near times square so that we can walk from our hotel at like two thirty in the morning or whatever it wow. is to um a, f- a couple of blocks away to the 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 um, stage what is it called like the um, the channel yeah. <laughs> whatever it is <laughs> um, and uh, yeah our call time's so early it's not funny it's still it feels like the night before yeah I feel like at around four you can kind of call it the next day but if it's Two if your call o'clock. time's like three a.m. <laughs> it's kind of like it may as well be the day before still do you stay up or are you trying nah, to get some sleep no nah, because it, you start at three and it's not like you finish at five. You finish yeah. at like midday or something. Oh, actually, wow. no. You probably finished like 10. Yeah. I can't remember. But, but it's that's a, still a full day. Yeah, it's work. a long day. So, yeah, we... we um, I just can picture us now doing it because we've done it a couple of times. Is There'll be like four of us uh, in the band walking Times Square. Hardly anyone out because it's that... Yeah. It's that like really chill hour where no one's really doing anything. Everyone's really asleep there. Yeah. Like the party animals and the early risers are all asleep. Done. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, we'll be walking there with our guitars and our like cymbal case and whatever, um, heading over to, I think it's like Rockefeller Center or something near there. Sick. Yeah. Anyway, um, rock up, get set up, 
gears arriving it's a union sort of vibe so it's like you can't i remember from my memory you can't really touch your gear um you kind of got to be like instructing union guys like move things around which is always weird because drums are so finicky so i feel like for a guitarist you're like oh plop my pedal board there please plug it in oh no i I think you're allowed to do all that sort of stuff like plug in i think you're just not allowed to do the heavy lifting yeah but for a drum for a drummer it's like is it heavy to lift a dw9000 stand yes it is heavy (laughs) (laughs) so you're like oh what can you do what you can't you do you know am i allowed to reposition my kick or is that too big and too uniony surely you can i don't i don't know i think new york is like number one like they have like um unions have like this uh are they called unions well they have union union rules they like load-in teams yeah yeah, they unions. must be. Anyway, I'm pretty sure they're like n- numbered in terms of like their ranking. For like, what? What's like one? Are they the I'm pretty best? sure like New York or is the most one. strict. Like the best. Oh. Like in terms of like, they kind of, I, I, to be honest, I've got to learn a lot There's more a about it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but I, I think Chicago was like number two. Yeah, that I remember, makes sense. Mem- I think remember doing something there and like you couldn't touch like the cases yeah literally cases were coming off of the truck and you're not allowed to like touch them yeah until they're on stage and in place yeah and then when they were we could get we could actually pull the drums out okay. of the cases but until yeah but you could but then i think it's even different for the artists oh really oh are you talking about with plates? No, no no okay no. yeah um something's ringing a bell about like i think that the the union guys are often okay to work side by side with backline at a point gotcha. like that but i think that they still see backline different to the artist ah. or just the layperson. well i haven't experienced that this is my first time touring the yeah, states you'll experience it it's cool it's not it's just kind of like slow i think I'm still it's doing backline though oh yeah yeah so, um, and it's a lot smaller fry than you guys they won't know what to do with you they'll be like are you the drummer are you the backline i don't know whether you can hold this case or not I'll half hold it. Yeah. We'll hold hands. Yeah. Setting up the drums. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, get so the gear set up. Yeah. yeah, get the gear set up, and then um, and then we rehearse real quickly with usually with their engineer, and um, you can't see them. You just kind of hear this voice in your in your ears, and then get ready. And then once we're set, there's hours to kill. And so the debate is: Do you go back to the hotel and sleep, or is that going to stuff you up? And are you going to struggle to then? like settle back into what you got to yeah. do work-wise and so that you know there's a blue bottle coffee close by so it's like go get go caffeinated get some, yeah. or whatever and then you're just waiting and then you get called up there and you go up there and you got to be really quiet and then they're doing like they're doing the show and then they'll do a commercial break and it'll be like 20 seconds and they'll be like all right 20 seconds and they count you in silently to the end of the sh- end of the recording and then it's like, you guys can do whatever you want. So it's like, okay, kick. And you're like playing the kick. And then it's like, all right, let's get the vocals sorted. And then um, and then we just play. Wow. Yeah. And then it's like quickly packed down and then you still got the rest of the day, but you're so tired because you've yeah. been up for 12 hours already. Yeah. <laughs> so then straight after that, you like into the Then tour? we start actual tour. Yeah. yeah. So we fly down to Texas and um, get going down there, which would be cool. I think we have a rehearsal day uh, before the first event, uh, which is going to be good because i'm i'm keen to like have my stuff set up properly and um historically i've run tracks yeah so i fire and fade and stop tracks uh from a keyboard beside me um 
it kind of seemed, I feel like early on it seemed like it was a massive deal. It was like, oh, you're giving the guy that already has so much to do another really important thing to do. Mm. But it actually did make a lot of sense. I feel like um, at least in the band I'm in, people look to me for important things like starting a song or like, yeah. I don't know, fading. Tem- tempo wise, people are looking to me. So everything to do with the click, you know, I, I'm I guess even the historically party. drummers have, started songs or like yeah. count-ins yeah so yeah i guess it makes sense yeah so anyway um i enjoyed having that responsibility i i felt like um i felt like i had i, I need to be ready for the start of a song mm. uh, i need to kind of feel linked to the click and the control of the click so fading a click out i enjoyed being able to take care of that because you know my job in the band is timing mm. And for someone else to control that, I don't know if it makes me controlling per se or if it's just the synonymous with the drummer's role. I would tend to think it's just synonymous with the drummer's role and that any drummer would feel kind of the same. So you're now not controlling but So yeah, now I'm not controlling it. So um, it's going to be interesting experiencing that for the first time live. Actually, I, I, that was the same. We uh, recorded a live album recently and it was the same for that. Oh, cool. Uh but even that was like, it's weird. It's like you just weird get to get used, used to. to. Yeah. yeah. And then even like a couple of times the, the click mucked up and I had to fire live click. I think it literally happened like two or three times. Really? Yeah. I think because it's like, we're still trying to get our stuff sorted out and um, we don't have uh, tried and tested files yet yeah. for certain things. Yeah. So I think... It's all kind of on the fly. Yeah. It was yeah. Ableton, right? Yeah, it was yeah, I think Ableton. Ableton just muffed up a bit. Yeah. But um yeah, so yeah, and then we're just touring for a couple of weeks and then come back to Sydney. How long does it take you to settle into the groove of it, you know? Like Oh, I wish that I had already settled by show one. Yeah. But um in reality I feel like I'll I'll be settled once our song list is settled, plus a couple of days. <laughs> so Depends how long it takes us to settle into a song list. I think yeah. like going into a night, not sure of what you're going to play. It's, it's fine, right? Like we're professional. We know what we're doing. Um, it's more just like internal, like anxiety and yeah. um, uncertainty. Uh, and so I'm trying to bring confidence to the band. We yeah. all are. All of yeah. us, everyone in the band is trying to bring confidence. Uh, but I guess I do that, that better un- when I'm prepared. Yeah. When there's that uncertainty of like, you don't quite know what's yeah. going to happen or and the it, order or... You- yeah, it's even just like um, song list structure. Yeah, order, like you just said. It's like um, that can that can be stressful because it's not just can you play the song. There's no question whether we can play the song, mm. but how do we play the song? So for other dudes, it's like what key is it in? That'll impact the way they play and their confidence into it. Guitar changes. Yeah, and, guitar yeah. changes, exactly. But um, for all of the band, myself included, the transition, how are we going from one to the next? Mm. So you got like tempo to deal with, right? You're obviously going to stop a click and start a click, but how are you going to do that? Are you going to play out one song and yeah. then are you going to uh, hard stop and does it go to silence or is a key going to help with the transition? Yeah. That sort of stuff. If it's unrehearsed, it's clunky. Yeah. 100%. And so um, I think all of us get a little bit concerned about how that's going to go and so for me to feel settled and like confident and just this is this is a um i guess relaxed yeah probably i reckon a week but i don't think that the first 
the, the first few shows aren't going to suffer because of that. It's me that suffers. It's yeah. the band that suffers. Like we're just working hard. We're stressed out trying to um, make sure that we do it right. Yeah. And um, often it's actually creativity on the fly. It's like, and this is, this is my situation. I'm not, I'm sure that it's not the situation for a lot of people out there. Like they're possibly a little more, um, they've, planned uh exactly how certain things are going to go right down to a t yeah uh whereas for us we enjoy leaving it a little up to the moment and yeah. letting the the environment you know the crowd the the scene awesome. kind of speak into how we do stuff and it's awesome man because for us uh some really special moments on tour can can be found in those Unknowns. transitions and the unknowns yeah so we do want to protect those but they don't come without a cost yeah well, there's definitely bands that do it like, I mean, my set when we travel with Glades, it's like locked off. Yeah. And we, even this last tour, we chopped and changed between a few songs kind mm. of going, I don't think this is working in this environment. Yeah. Let's change it out. And so there's a few things like that, but rarely is it like, like you, that was literally changing one song, two songs in and out or cutting a song because of time. Yeah. And especially because we're on a we're in a support slot, then it's like your time is like, yeah, totally. You've got you don't half have the luxury of yeah change, yeah, as you see fit. Hundred percent. So there's a lot of bands that are like that. But then, I mean, John Mayer just travelled here, mm. and you look at his tour. He literally has a new set every night. Yeah, like every single night. It's like not consistent. Yeah. at all. But do they stop even the order? Like, will they stop us? I feel like that's fine if you stop a song. Oh, sorry, end a song and it's like possibly just silence and John chatting totally. with the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not like the the songs necessarily flow yeah. into each other and have transitions. Yeah. Which is fine. Like it can go either way. It's not really, it doesn't have to be one yeah. way or other. But still as a player, you're kind of like looking, yeah, I know. looking down at your set list going, okay, cool. I'm ending it like this. Yeah. And I guess we'll start up. The next, yeah. the next song starts like this. Yeah. There'd have to be, same with Dave Matthews. I'm pretty sure they... When they travel, their just set list is kind of up in the air. It's yeah. like, whatever. Do you look down at your set list and imagine like you're finishing a song? Are you looking down and seeing the next one and like already picturing it and kind of like feeling it? A little bit. I'm also like, especially like this, when we've been doing these support slots, they're like half hour long. Yeah. So I kind of have the set in my head. Oh, Do you okay. know what I mean? Like, the, like an album, like an album you're familiar with. You're like, you already know the next song once. Seriously. Like there's like 10 songs, nine, 10 songs. So it's kind of like, I know we do like Nervous Energy into 80 Miles into mm. Neon Buzz. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I could say the whole set. Um, do you have a set list? I do have a set list, but only occasionally will I look at it. But I also, again, like you, I fire tracks. Okay. So it's like I have Imagine the getting tracks. Well, uh, Yeah. The, I've gone to wrong for the order. Yeah. Well, lit I've literally the last two tours have changed the order per the set. Okay. So I've remapped. So it starts at like oh, that's awesome. the keyboard literally goes through yeah. the 10 notes, you know, C through to. Yeah. But I can't wait for you, you guys to have like <laughs> another album out and your keyboard has to grow in size. And then all of a sudden you're like, am I going to remap 45 keys? Or am I just going to like, move around the keyboard like I have to do true I don't know I guess we'll cross the bridge when it yeah. comes to it but at the moment it's literally like yeah. I press, I press play C. on C and I press D and do then you use e the black notes F. or just the nah. white notes I did um, I used the black notes 
on the on the headline tour because mm. it fills up. Okay. Um, but this yeah. is just like nine songs or something. So it's like I just literally see yeah. through. Um, yeah, I've started looking down and uh, and seeing the next song and trying to like prep for it. It's weird. Mm. It's like a new thing that I've found myself doing. I don't think I was capable of doing it, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. But now I'm like playing along to whatever I'm doing, looking down and going, oh, that song, okay, that beat is like, oh, I got to start with the thing. I got to yeah. move that over here and got to get this ready, which is good because it, it there's some rush changes for me where it's like you finish one song, you know, you totally. might crash out or something and then the band wants to start the next song. Actually, that's kind of part of what I'm a little bit nervous about is in the past, I'd only ever fire a song when I'm ready and yeah. I'd still want to be real quick with that and I'd rush to get stuff done and try to do it really timely. Mm. Um, but... Now with someone else controlling it, I got to be faster, dude. I've said to the guy, Ike, who's doing it um, a couple of times, I'm like, please like pay attention to me and make sure I'm ready, especially in like this song and this song mm. where I've got to do something like um, switch my sticks to a, to mallets or to uh, brushes or something and turn my snare off and mute my snare trigger and yeah. change my patch and grab a uh, sizzler from my, my drum basics and like put it on the ride. Yeah. You know, like that stuff, takes time totally and if you're doing it in a bar you're like Whoa. yeah i know yeah and then yeah. if you like you look down you're like where the heck is the tambourine oh. <laughs> but um yeah anyway so good so dude tell me how you came to decide that you were going to leave everything that you've developed in sydney because you yeah. you've developed over longer than just the amount of time that you've been um been contracting yeah which is the last year and a half or so uh pretty much bang on a year bang on a year cool yeah so you've built a name for yourself here you've there's studio 301 that you've worked at um regularly for pretty much most of that year yeah so you're actually friends with the crew and for for everyone that's not from sydney and doesn't know 301 it's it's like one of the most prestigious in sydney and it's it's been used by a lot of big acts and uh it's got a number of rooms yeah. Uh, with resident uh, artists for a while and, and big live rooms that people come in and rent as they come through. Yeah. I've worked in there a ton. You've worked in there more. Yeah. Uh, you've made a na- you've you've gone away on writing camps with them. Um and you've you there's other studios in Sydney. Um is it Forbes? Forbes, yeah. yeah. Uh there's other places you've like you've started working with these people and they trust you and they know you. And yeah. that that's valuable. You you're a reliable uh, essentially an asset to them when they're hiring you to do stuff for them. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously you bring business to them as well. Totally. And that's that's uh, foundational to someone like you developing a name for yourself in the scene yeah. and getting respect in the scene. Yeah, I think it's it's not something like necessarily like easy to leave, but I, I, I guess like people could look at it and kind of go, you've been putting in a year of hard work to then go and start at zero, if not negative Mm. in a place that you, like I have some contacts in LA, but it's not like I'm just going to go there and jump straight into work and everyone knows who I am or what I can do or do you know what I mean? But that's also the kind of exciting thing about it. So to make the decision to kind of leave stuff that I have been building here, I don't think coming back, I'll be in a worse position. But in saying that, the whole thing about like this kind of work is like if people are available, 
Like, yes, like you could have a name for yourself, but if you're not around and not available, then people will, they have to use someone else. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm not here for a year or two, then it's kind of like my name. Yeah. Forbes Street aren't going to call you up and ask you to do that session. Totally. And at the same time, I'm hoping not to, not that that stuff is, is bad at all. Like I still enjoy doing that, but it's not like I necessarily want to just be like, called in to assist on it yeah, on a session totally or or that kind of stuff you yeah. know like i definitely want to be growing and developing beyond that and super thankful that i have been able to get some experience in mm. these studios and, and make some really good contacts and yeah. write with a bunch of people and but i'm kind of hoping that well actually i know like it it can only do good things by going and and experiencing new things and new places yeah. and new environments to then come back potentially we like we literally it's totally open yeah i'm not saying i guess my visa is like three years mm. so i have to come back at the end of the three years yeah but you can always renew a visa yeah you can't so, always i couldn't in well, france but i know, you know what i mean i'm like, just being facetious <laughs> <laughs> yes if things if the government grants you another visa yeah. <laughs> you can continue to live and work there you know the legalities are like, your leg, mate. <laughs> you, you know like we're kind of like if we go and we again it's so open that it's like we could be there a year get yep. some really cool experience mm. come back i'm even i'm better equipped to yep. do what i was doing here and just continue it you know yeah and so it's the kind of thing where like we go leaving something that we've built here in Australia isn't such a bad thing because yeah. we can always come back and, yeah, totally. and rebuild it. And so the experience we'll get in LA would yeah. only only benefit us. Totally. And I think um, Sydney respects the scene in the States like we should. And so we know, our studios know what studios are in LA and what's going yeah. on there. And we know that someone that's had experience there is only more valuable back here. Yeah. So you, you're risking nothing in that sense. If you go over there and get a few gigs and and get some experience and get to shadow some some people in the industry and blah yeah. blah blah, at least you know, which is like a no brainer. Of course, you're going to get those opportunities. Mm. Uh, then you're going to come back upskilled in more demand than you're leaving. Yeah. So it's really cool. Yeah. And again, that's kind of the plan. Whether we're there for a year or three years yeah. or longer, I don't know. It's it's hard to think that far yeah. when you've kind of a, this past year has been huge. And so it's like, I never, I never even thought I'd be doing what I'm doing. I did like, that sounds stupid. I am pursuing what I want to pursue mm. and I have dreams and a, a little bit like I've got some blinders on in a cool way in terms of going like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do and yeah. what I want to achieve. Sick. And a little bit, a little bit relentless in it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Kind Good. of going like, you got this zest. is what I want to do. Huh? You got zest. <laughs> yeah. You're going after it. Well, it's kind of like, wh- why wouldn't you? Yeah. I was listening to this like Kevin Hart interview. At Kevin Hart? Yeah. The comedian? The comedian, yeah. With like um, Joe Rogan and he was, he was talking about starting some like vitamin company mm. and people were like, why are you doing this? And he was just like, why not? It's like, I want to. Yeah. Like, why not? Like people is like, I've already written a number one New York Times book. Why not write a second? Yeah. Because people kind of go, why are you, like, you can't do that. Why are you doing this? And he's like, I'm interested in it. I want to do it. Yeah. Why not have these big 
aspirations. Yeah, totally. He he was I mean, also people kinda, like him. It's probably he's probably um, going to succeed a little easier than someone. Just totally, whatever. but at the same time, he is at where. I feel like that's also a lot of people say kind of like ah, oh, and he even said this. Oh, it's easy for you, mm. but it's kind of like well, it's not. Like people are people. You yeah, know, they still just because he has money and he yeah. has notoriety influence and and whatnot he can definitely get these things off the ground a lot easier but he has still had a 20-year progression to get where he is at so um i think he was also kind of like he looks at his life and people's lives in terms of like writing a book Mm. and he's like what do you want your book to say like if people go and read a book about your life what do you want it to to say to people and how do you want it to end and like and so it's interesting, even in terms of making this decision, it's like we want to go and live an adventure and live a really big life and kind of like risk it yeah. per se to have this as a chapter in our book yeah. of kind of your going... Fam, you and your family are so young. It's like, it's the perfect time to do it. Yeah. And it's only going to be good. Even yeah. if it fails miserably, it's only going to be good and well, it's not going to fail at all. Well, that's the thing. It's like... Pe- there's that saying people only learn from failures. I don't yeah. even know if that's what it is, but it's something along Probably those lines. Probably not statistically <laughs> if you've said it. It's something along those lines. It's like people don't learn from their successes because you have succeeded. So yeah. it's like you kind of oh, wow. like the biggest, I guess, lessons are the failures mm. and people go like, how often do you succeed? And you look back and you go, these were the steps I took to come to this success yeah certainly not as often as you would if you failed if you fail you go okay what did i do wrong yeah how do i not fail again so even if i don't know there's another saying it's like there's there's no such thing as failures only lessons or something like that yeah i've heard that something along those lines and i I honestly believe that because it's the same thing with regret you could regret things but what's the point yeah because it's like Every, yeah, it needs to be a lesson. That's, yeah. that's the only way to handle it. Yeah, everything you have done, good or bad, is has gotten you to where you are, good or bad. Yeah. So you, you just need to learn from that and move forward, yeah. I guess. Uh, I got a question. I'm not sure if you've an- if you've thought about this, yeah. but I'm sure you you have a, you'll have a great answer because I'm sure it's something that you've <laughs> you've handled, I guess, in the past. Okay. How prepared are you? to take opportunities that come your way in LA that aren't what you necessarily thought you'd take. Uh, if you get an opportunity in an area that you're like not 100% keen on or wasn't the goal, yeah, how far down that path will you go? Or where's the line for you to go, no, I need to be free for what I want to do even though I, I don't have an opportunity where I want to go but I do have an opportunity in something that I can do and that pays. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's kind of like the direction. It's a fork in the road, perhaps. Yeah. Do you, do you take it? Wow. Have you thought about that? Yeah. Not in terms of going to LA. Like I said, I've kind of been a little bit single focused on it in terms of what I want to be doing like longer term. I mean, your but, thing is you're, you're a skilled dude. You offer more than just one skill. Yeah. And that can be problematic. Because <laughs> you could literally go there and find yourself getting tons of drumming opportunities, yeah. And then you could be like, oh, I actually was keen to get into um, recording and producing for bands or whatever, yeah. You know, or vice versa. I think it's like a it's like a pro and a con 
Because honest, honestly, if I get drumming stuff, yeah. I'm keen. Yeah. If I get stuff that is in the field that I am enjoying, I'm keen. Again, I have within, I guess the way I approach things is like what I have like my non-negotiables. Mm. So it's like things that would say collide with my priorities. I, I, I go to my priorities first, yeah. if that makes sense. So at the moment that is like, that is glades. Yeah, cool. And then it's, provi- oh, I was going to say, and then it's providing for my family financially, <laughs> but I feel like the, they coexist, Yeah, obviously. Um, it's not like I'm doing like freebie work, but then at the same time we have approached it kind of going, if we take a loss financially to long-term benefit ourselves, like in terms of taking, say taking an opportunity that doesn't pay, but yeah. it's great experience. Yeah. I would probably do it if it doesn't clash with yeah the other priorities X, Y, and Z, yeah. my other priorities. But in terms of something that I hadn't necessarily been thinking about, I guess I would have to th- really think at the time, will this get me to where I want to be yeah. long-term? And at the same time, it's like I, we kind of had, I think we had a discussion about that in terms of a session I was doing months and months ago in terms of like, do I do it? Do yeah, I like we do each other about that? So it's kind of the same thing. I think I would have to go, okay, how long is it for? Yeah. What exactly is it? Am I just doing it for the money? And if I am just doing it for the money, awesome, because I need money. Yeah. But is there a better alternative? Will it take me away from my family for nothing? Or yeah. okay, I don't so know. I guess it's case by case. Yeah. Hypothetically, you get back from a Glades tour, you had a couple of weeks with your fam, just shooting around, having a holiday, whatever. Yeah. Then you get an opportunity to go away for a month with an artist you don't know, but you're doing backline and you don't have any other, any other work teed up or you're like, you're like assisting front of house or something. Yeah. Cause that's, that's tricky because I, I'm no expert, but I would think that there's a lot of those gigs going around. Yeah. Potentially. Cause I reckon there'd be a lot of people like, that uh, there'd be a high turnover of those sorts of mm. um, roles. I think uh, that's a tough one. It's yeah. a really, really don't, tough you don't one. You have to answer it, but it's certainly something to think about because I think you could easily find yourself there with opportunities that you're like, oh, it's not what I was here for. Like it doesn't yeah. seem like it's really going to further my career, but it, yeah. like, it might be some money on the table. Yeah. I th- yeah. <laughs> I think it's you, a tough I think one to answer. Should, yeah, I, I think I would have to go, okay, what, what does it look like post that work? Yeah. I honestly would take it to jazz. Yeah. And be like, how do you feel about this? Yeah. And if, and we would talk about it seriously. Cause at the same time, it's kind of like if you take a month worth of work, then that could potentially free you up for another month of going yeah. on a holiday. And yeah. it's like, do we want to do this? Yeah. I, and we've kind of run into that recently. I've kind of just been slammed with work. Mm but it's going to help hopefully set us up yeah. for moving. Yeah. So you kind of like, I haven't been able to spend as much time with my fam. Mm. And then when I have made that like spent family time, you know, or being it, a simple thing, it's like, because you're working harder, you have more money, you can go out for breakfast yeah. with your family yeah. and have a nice breakfast. Yeah. Whereas if you work half-assed and then you kind of, fluffing about and then when you do spend time with your family you're kind of like oh maybe we'll just get coffee yeah. do you know what I mean it's like I feel like you may as well go hard 
work, do yeah. the best that you can, earn as much money as you can, and then spend really good time yeah. with your family. And I feel like everything, everything is an experience. And you're not going to remember the stuff, but you remember the times. Yeah. So it's like that's kind of my approach to it. If I go and I learn something and I have a month, to be honest, a month is a long time. It's mm. a really long time. Yeah. But if it sets us up to go and literally like travel for a month, yeah. then potentially. So it sounds like one of your motivations for being over there is to travel. And yeah. yeah, we want to, like I said, it's like we want it to be an adventure. Whether yeah. that's like go to San Diego yeah. or go to Santa Monica on a day off mm. and yeah, do you know right, what I mean? Okay. Like we don't want to just kind of like get to LA and just, just knuckle have down the have mundane. Kn- yeah. Like we do at least for the first year, we want to, let's go up to Seattle for the week. We've got friends we can stay with. Yeah. Right. Like, so cool. You know what I mean? Bro, like, I hope we run into each other. Oh, hundred percent. Do you we, think a hundred percent? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you sound like, I don't think a hundred percent. I want it to be a hundred percent, but we will make it happen. All right. Hunch. Speaking of that though, this podcast is going to go international because <laughs> I'm going to be in Sydney and you're going to be in the States. Yeah, we've and we're got going to a keep plan. it running. It's not going to it's not going to stop. Bottega will not will not finish. It will never end. It will never end. <laughs> we might have like a a season break. Yeah, siesta. Siesta yeah. just to Bottega rack up siesta. a few more. Yeah, rack up a few more podcasts and we've got some more. We've probably got two sample packs we're working on at the moment. Yeah. Almost ready to go. Yeah. Get ready, people. We yeah. should do... I think we should do a quick podcast on them at some point as well. Just to, for anyone that's interested in those, they can yeah. actually listen through the podcast. I was going to... We should wrap it up pretty soon. Um, okay. I was going to ask you, like, even in your preparation, you've been... I guess on some tours, you have had some physical constraints in terms of your wrists and your hands. Yeah. And you've had physio and things to kind of help with that. Yeah. Um, and I know going into this, you've been having like some appointments to not because you've been having pain, but just to kind of preempt that and yeah. I guess put yourself in the best position. Just I, run us through the history because I haven't I haven't toured as extensively as you, mm. so it's like I haven't I've been playing a lot catching all the up time, there. huh? You're catching up there. You're Getting touring there. a lot. It's awesome. But I guess I haven't run into the physical yeah. limits of that. And I know a lot of drummers do, you know, we were talking yeah. about a guy called Dave Illich who helps a lot of people with that. Yeah. So just talk us through the history of your wrists, I guess. And <laughs> the history of my wrists, chapter <laughs> one, uh, they do their job. Well, they're reliable in the sense that they like drum well, I guess. Yeah. But lately they've, they don't do other things well, which is really annoying. So, uh, I played a game of golf for a friend's box party, which is what Australians call what a bachelor party. Ba- yeah. Um, and uh, had a good game, a lot of fun. And then the next day woke up and my my right wrist was just in agony, just full locked up. I couldn't cut bread. I couldn't hold the knife tight enough wow. to cut bread without my wrist aching. Um, so that was kind of like the catalyst to once again see a specialist and try to get to the bottom of what's going on and why that's happening because um like you kind of explained i um i have progressed uh to a place where i drum safer now and i'm not as worried about wrist pain i still am worried about wrist pain but um i guess my my concern now is that 
I'm not going to be able to do just normal things later in life mm. that maybe in 10 years my wrist just won't function properly. Yeah. Uh, if you know, because I'm playing with peers and people that are older me, older than me, and um, they're fine. They're not complaining of wrist pain the next day. You know. Yeah. And for, so it's a real shame for me to have to handle handle that as a 30 year old to have to um, handle something that I feel like no one should have to handle really, let alone someone at my age. You know. So do you, anyway, do you think it's, it's come serious. from drumming yeah 100 like, percent. yeah 100 percent. um but yeah like so my history is uh um maybe six years ago or so uh, doing a tour and partway through the tour getting just r- severe pain afterwards inflammation that i could actually visibly see and um so i was icing my arms after a show wow. um, just to try to reduce inflammation um, on painkillers every day just like Advil, right? I wasn't, yeah. I'm not actually a big uh, fan of, like I kind of grew up in a house where like you don't really uh, medicate stuff. Yeah, it's like have, have a, a water, have a nap. <laughs> so I, I still kind of like, oh, I don't really want to have painkillers regularly, yeah. even if I'm in pain. But this was like, I needed the redu- I needed the anti-inflammatory. So I, I was taking painkillers for uh, like a tour, which sucked, but um, certainly helped deal with what I was, um, struggling with had yeah. cortisone injections, wow. which are like um, pretty serious is that like injections. A steroid? Yeah, I think like, so. Yeah. I'm actually not super familiar with exactly what it is medically, but um, it's basically was the the recommended treatment for this severe pain because I was mid tour, like I couldn't stop. Yeah, that's the thing. I needed to rest. Yeah. Um, anyway, so on the back of that tour, I really reassessed the way I was drumming, and I had to make some severe changes to how I was drumming because I was I was injuring myself. I was yeah. playing too hard, too enthusiastically. And um, I think even some of my setup um, didn't lend itself towards healthy healthy wrists, I guess. Mm. Um, so uh, since then, I've changed my snare positioning a little bit and I've also changed the way I strike my snare. How did you decide to do that? I just or decided. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No one told me. I wish that there was... Like You're talking to me about Dave, right? Yeah. Um, potentially being able to offer professionals advice and, mm-hmm. and assist, like I need that because um, there's a there's a fair bit of demand on me when I'm on the road and I don't really have any support to know the ergonomics of the kit mm. uh, outside of reading a book and studying online and stuff and you bought me a book so generously a while ago and um, it's helped me a lot it, it focused it's I can't remember the name of I think it's it? called the anatomy of drumming yeah it's helped me a lot with like understanding how how i drum and like the physicality of it and uh, my position on the stool and everything like that it's really helped me just understand it i'm still working my way through it because i'm pretty slow with that sort of scientific (laughs) stuff but um uh anyway so i just i've made changes based on my best assumption but i'm not a i'm not a professional in that regard Mm, yeah uh, like all of us, we like we learn the drums and we get a teacher and they teach us. But who knows whether they taught you the correct stroke for whatever or the correct height to sit it's like at? Chinese you know? whispers. Yeah, and then you <laughs> and then you get um, you grow up and you become more and more professional and you've got these ingrained habits and styles. Yeah. And it becomes important for you to maintain that same position at the kit because it's it's the way you get across your your style. It's yeah. the way you have your flavor at the kit. You know, you yeah. try to change that. And all of a sudden, you're not able to give it the same energy that you were mm. once giving it. And um, 
so anyway, yeah, I, I made some changes, just uh, just minute little changes that I could handle and still do what I had to do. Yeah. And um, that I think that really helped. So I, th- I don't know how much it was making changes to the drum kit because they were quite small, to be honest. Yeah. Um, or it was me settling a little bit on the kit and just trying to... I took warming up more seriously at that point. I was already warming up, but I took it more seriously. I um, Talk us through what you what you do to warm up well i wasn't i think i was just naive and immature and i just thought i was invincible and didn't yeah. really need to worry too much about warming up and um so on, in, on the back of that damage uh i would warm up for as long as i could you know like um the the hour before we went on stage i'd have sticks in my hands and you know i wouldn't be warming up for the whole hour that's for sure yeah i'd love to be but we're taken away. Like we have meet and greets. We got to eat dinner. Um, we're talking through the stuff. Uh, there's tons of stuff that happens. So it's kind of broken up, which is really annoying because I just want to sit there and, and warm up my body and my arms. But um, that's just what it looks like, to be honest. It's just yeah. that. Usually I put Arrested Development on my iPad and I just have my in-ears in and I'm listening to... I'm watching an episode of that and just playing. Sick. But... um. And just playing whatever. I think some dudes are more like uh, specific of what they're playing. But for me, it's just move, be moving your wrist, like playing, playing stuff. I've started to get into like learning new patterns and stuff. Uh, Brendan Tan showed me one that I really like. So I'm, sick. I'm trying to master that one, which is cool. But um, yeah, so uh, the biggest thing for me is, is uh, I got that in my history, that yeah. damage. It was, to me, it was quite severe. Like I, I think the quarters, it sounds to me like the cortisone inze- injection was a big deal in the sense that you can't just get those. It's like yeah. a few, a few of them, and you've um, there's there's serious degradation of your of your wrists or wherever you've injected. Yeah. So um, that's not up in my back pocket for the future. That's like I don't ever want to have to get that again. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to damage them and deteriorate them. So you'd, uh, much, you'd much prefer to preempt. What's the what's the thing? It's like it's like Chinese medicine. It's like you want to just not you want to fix the symptom you want to like yeah prevent it it's prevention rather than cure that's it that's it uh so um so yeah now going into another tour i'm really trying to uh get in the mind frame of like bringing uh, a lot of energy from the drum kit but not hitting hard not um really trying to rely on fingers and Mm. um and feeling the vibration of the drums and the and the um the response from the kit and trying to uh, just play smart. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Keep me in your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it'd be cool. Only because I'm weak, bro. Like I don't have to keep you in your thoughts, in my thoughts because you're, uh, you're strong. You don't have any damage to your wrists and you're good. But at my I, set is yeah. also like a lot longer, kind of three hours totally. <laughs> yeah. plus rehearsal. Yeah. Um, so th- I think that plays into it as well. That's what I mean. It's like ours, are, even our longest was an hour and 20. Yeah. And so I'm like, which that's, I love. That's long, dude. Yeah. That's cool, but that's still really long. I thought yours was shorter. No, when we were doing headline, it was up there. So cool. Yeah. I loved it. I remember it's good, talking, eh? You really oh, settle dude, into the kit. Seriously. Like, I, love it up here. I loved it as well. And that's what will be sick about this US tour. It, it will be the first time where I'll have a consistent kit every mm. single you're gonna night. buy one right yeah we're thinking about buying one cool which would be sick because it would just be like 
comfy. Oh, like I'll be able to dial in the tune. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that will be the first time we did Asia. Everything in Australia, you're flying. Yeah. So you do capital cities. You have a new backline yeah. kit, new hardware. You can't drive. It's it's a 12 hour drive at least. And yeah. then you that's can, on the East but Coast. It's, yeah. It's just, yeah, you could do like Melbourne, to Sydney, Brisbane driving but at the cost would just be just as yeah, high do you know totally. what i mean it's like it's just easier to fly so this u.s run will be the first time i'll have like a consistent kit for Unreal. every single show which i'm super super pumped on mm. but yeah um we will definitely keep yeah. you in all of our thoughts and we'll just, go but just before we finish up i think um just to let everyone know we're going to be following along with grant's journey i think that and yours. we're yeah well yeah okay but yours is more interesting and, and sure sure and, but uh, um, yeah, we're going to check in with you periodically throughout this, um, through the podcast, just because yeah. I think there's going to be tons of people that are listening that are really interested in the journey and maybe they've thought about doing something similar themselves or yeah. maybe they just find it inspiring uh, for their own their own walk and whatever they're doing creatively. Totally. Um, and so I think it's going to be really cool to just hear how you handle it all, yeah. the opportunities that come your way. I think there's going to be tons of content in there that people find uh, really engaging and, and exciting. Yeah. yeah, same. I think uh, even over this next two months, I think we'll follow both. At, like we'll both be on tour at the exact same time yeah. in the same country. Yeah, we, but not together. No, not together, which I think will be really, really cool. So we'll we'll be following that journey pretty closely as well. And yeah. We'll be posting stuff and, and um, if you're there, hit us up. Yeah. Love to meet you. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, make sure you're sharing this podcast with your friends. Uh, we really want to be chatting with this whole community at large. And so totally. um, do do generously share this podcast on with someone uh, so and good. hit us up with questions so that we're chatting about the stuff that you're interested in hearing. Awesome. See ya. Gotcha. Thanks so much for listening to the Bottega Podcast. Follow us at bottega.co on Instagram and btga.co online. And a special shout out to Harrison Wood. Thank you for making the amazing Bottega theme song. Bottega.